And I still believe that these problems can be solved. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. This is the political show. <laughs> Hey, 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 welcome to The Political Show right here on Active FM, where radio has never been better. I'm your girl, Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gix, and with me in studio we have... Gavin Insulin. Pastor Gavin Insulin, and... The Black Knight. The Black Knight, right here on The Political Show, where Christ politics is... Hot politics. Hot politics, and this week's hot politics, we are speaking about none other than the infamous ESCOM. And uh, we are looking at what is actually happening. Where where were we in the beginning? Where are we now? What is it going to look like based on the situation here in South Africa? What do we look forward to in inverted commas with ESCOM? Pastor Gav, do you want to give a more brief explanation? So obviously we're going to go into a bit of detail about what happened at ESCOM. So I'll just talk about where we are right now. And people who are not in South Africa should uh, listen to the show because... Um, what we're experiencing here in South Africa, what my typical experience is, is that somewhere between two to about seven, eight years later, other countries are going to experience what we're going through now. So, you know, um, you can start getting yourself ready and things like that. But um, we've, we've, we've had this on and off load shedding thing that's been going on since 2008, which means that, that it, it, it is a system of systematic blackouts in order to protect the grid, the national grid. Um, it's very organized, um, you know, people get very upset if they don't follow the schedules. So, you know, you, you know, you're scheduled to be blacked out and you know when it's going to start and you know when it's going to end. It's frustrating, but at least you know when it's going to end. And if it stays off a bit longer, people get really upset, you know. But the, the what's happening is, is that the capacity of the grid is getting smaller and smaller. And um, there are interventions that are needed which are not happening. Now, they have different stages of load shedding, and each stage of load shedding, they drop something like 1,000 megawatts. So if I go to stage one, then, th then they're dropping 1,000 megawatts off the grid. Then it means they have to have certain isolated blackouts in order to drop the usage on the network. Um, you know, uh, what we went to now in this last week is stage six, which means they're having to drop 6,000 megawatts. And the most they can go to is stage eight, but if that's stage eight, what that actually means is that domestic users have no power. Um, it means every house will pretty much be off while you're in stage eight. So you'll still have the grid going, but none of the houses will have power or the shopping centers or you know anything like that. Only industry. Um, so that's if we lose 8,000 megawatts below certain thresholds you know, of usage. So we were sitting at 6,000, but what also came out was that it wasn't, we weren't actually at stage six. They actually asked some of the industries to shut down. So that's like your steel smelters and people like that. Yeah. So we were beyond stage six. Yeah. So we should have been on stage seven, maybe even stage eight. We should have been there, but they got some of the industries to shut down. And um, that's how we never went above that. Now, what the problem with the grid is, the entire domestic usage, if you look at houses, shopping centers, all of those sorts of things, use about 8,000 megawatts. 
the rest of it, we're talking about um, industry. So factories and you know your steel smelters and, and things like that, they they're using the the excess portion of that. And so in other words, um, you know shutting down all the houses only so far you can go. Stage eight, you've shut down all the houses, and now the, the grid can still fail mm. because there's still overutilization. And uh, what what's happening now is is that they're load shedding us in the in the twenty thousands. Mm. Now I think we're using about twenty eight or twenty nine thousand megawatts of power that ESCOM has to produce in order to meet peak demand. When they started load shedding in 2008, we were sitting close to 40,000. So they would be load shedding at about 38,000, which means the grid capacity to produce power has shrunk, you know, from that 38,000 down to under 30,000. Sure. So at the moment, if we're using about 28,000 megawatts, then um, we are not load shed. In 2008, we would have been load shed at 28,000. Uh, the installed capacity of the grid is sitting at about, I think it's 48,000 megawatts. Mm. Therefore, now we, 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 we you know, from 28,000, we're going down to about 22,000. So 22,000 are working, which means that out of a total grid of 48,000, it, it's got the capacity to produce 48,000 megawatts. We're only producing 22,000. The rest is breakdowns and things like that. And um, that means 26,000 is not working. Even at the f if we're operating without load shedding at stage zero, then we're sitting at about 20,000 megawatts that we're not able to produce. In the 1990s, when the ANC government in South Africa took over from the apartheid government, South Africa was exporting electricity to a number of the Southern African nations around us. And now we're, we're having this load shedding, but we're actually having to import power. Mm. So we've gone from a net export of power to a net import of power. So the issue at the end of the day is that obviously the grid is every year it's getting smaller. Yeah. And so we're doing the same amount of electricity usage as we were a year ago. And all of a sudden now that's not, that's not enough, uh, you know, because the grid's getting smaller. And, um, and unless, unless the right interventions are made, the grid is going to fail in the future. Yeah. So the last thing I wanted to say is the people have been sending out messages in South Africa this week about a, a blackout. But there's not going to be a blackout unless we go below 20,000 megawatts. So when you start yelling that the grid's going below 20,000 megawatts in South Africa, that means we're in danger of a blackout. Mm. So we're not there yet, but we will get there unless the right steps are taken. They could actually probably stabilize the grid and remove load shedding in about six months if they made the right moves. And uh, one of those is to make sure that South Africa's coal, the best quality of our coal, provides our power stations first. That is what we're gonna be speaking about. It's gonna be quite interesting. And it's good knowledge to have, especially if you're living in South Africa and also if you're living in other countries because they've started implementing or started doing the same things in other countries as well. This is the political show where Christ politics is. Hot politics. Hot politics. Radio has never been better, baby. This is Active FM. Go to www.activefm.co.za for more. So we are basically speaking about the... 
electricity crisis here in South Africa and looking at ESCOM, looking at where we were um, years ago with ESCOM, where we are currently now with ESCOM and what the future looks like in terms of South Africa and the electricity situation. But we're going to first answer the question of where do we stand right now with ESCOM? I mean, we're sitting at um, going between stage six and stage five load shedding, which is basically the same sometimes because I know on Monday we had four hours of load shedding and we were in stage five. We know of communities that haven't had power for like four days as well and, and stuff like that. So obviously you explained what you explained earlier with uh, uh, what's this, the blackouts and how they're working and, and stuff like that. But in terms of where we are with the load shedding and, and stuff like that, what are your thoughts? And then Black Knight, I'll get your thoughts. Okay, um, well, just to mention, obviously Saifans are complaining about load shedding, but they have to do load shedding to protect the grid because the grid just isn't big enough. Um, and the challenge with the stage five and stage six is that you're talking about six to eight hours a day without power, which means the power keeps coming on and going off. Mm. And obviously that blows equipment. Even when people start getting battery things, the batteries don't last. So you get these, uh, these charger things and UPSs, but they don't last because of the intermittent power. Mm. Um, what's, what's also happening is they implement load shedding for an area, and when the power comes up, you get a trip at the at the substation. Yeah. Sometimes something blows, um, and then it can take two three days to fix it. We've also had a lot of rain, which means that if the thing trips, sometimes the cars are a bit slow to yeah to fix it, and the rain hampers them. Mm. Yeah, so it's quite challenging in South Africa at the moment, and obviously many of the rich people have got solar installations. So they're not being that badly impacted. Obviously, the people who get impacted the most are the poor. Mm. Like, Nate, what are your thoughts on where we are right now with ESCOM? Probably, yeah, I don't know. Maybe also you're going to expect me to, to shout ESCOM, but I'm not. I'm shouting the people. I'm saying we are here because we have um, people who, as much as I love South Africa, uh, because we are, we, we, we do have the Ubuntu spirit, we still have that. Um, in fact, we were having a conversation with um, Pastor Gavin earlier on how me and him, we don't really see how black and white could turn into war here in South Africa because of what has happened, and which is, I, I agree with him. Um, but the thing, the thing uh, with the with the ESCOM thing is that we didn't stand up as a country when when this thing was happening. Um, now we we at a point where we literally have to be behind ESCOM, and this way, uh, what I mean by behind, like support them doing the load shading and all of that. We need to support them now because that's the only way, as Pastor Gavin mentioned, to to get things um, running um, for for us for the next five two years as they promising um five five years that's what they promising us not the two but it can also take two years i blame the people and if as people we don't stand up now with because it's already crazy we actually have reasons to go to go berserk right now and shout and scream we have the right to do that because our government is running this it's and which is in turn if the government is running something that means we are running it as the people and as the people, 
we are also partly responsible for what's happening because we could have said something or or done something but we we are too selfish we just focus on ourselves and as long as my house is fine and all of that mentality is actually killing south africa yeah i think i agree with what the black knight says and stuff because a lot of people have gotten comfortable i think at the point that we are we've gotten comfortable with the load shedding i mean everyone most people i can't say everyone but most people have the app where you can check the load shedding schedules now people have uh, planned their their days according to the load shedding schedules our malls and shopping centers and all of these things have generators now i mean uh, we're recently at Maros, which is one of the what is it? What is Maros? It's a, it's a shopping center slash community. It's a, like, it's a village mall. Yes, yes. And um, they have Christmas lights uh, during this time um, and, and stuff like that. And I remember we were there Monday and while we were in the restaurant, the power went out. Power came back like three minutes later and the entire place was still lit up. The Christmas lights were all lit up and stuff. So it didn't take away, even though we were in load shedding, it didn't take away from the experience of... Um, Did anyone even panic? No, no. In the old days in South Africa, if the lights went out, people start screaming in the restaurant. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So now um, everyone carries in as it carries on carries as if it's on light. with conversation mm. and everything. No one even you no, know, it was like normal. And then we might get the odd person say, Oh, is that load shedding? <laughs> <laughs> Most of us have gotten to the point of okay, it's load shedding now. Let's adjust our lives to incorporate load shedding and, and things like that. So that's where, I think that's where we are. Well, why is yes. still a very good organization in spite of what people are saying about them? Is in other places around the world now because um, their, their electricity utilities are also being driven into the ground like what's mm-hmm. happening here in South Africa. And that's why I'm saying people in other nations need to look at what's going on here. Mm. They, they don't know when they're going to black out. Mm. They just black out. Yeah. And ESCOM is such a good organization that they've been able to work out this con- command center and they're able to switch off certain areas and bring the, the amount of uh, electricity needed on the grid down, you know, by the, the exact right amount. So um, ESCOM is a leading organization within the world when it comes to electricity supply, but they're not being supported by the government. No. So now let's go there. Now the question is, ESCOM was nev- not always like this. Like we, we, where we are now sitting with ESCOM, obviously we did a show um, a few months ago where we looked at um, how we got to where we are with the load shedding and the power outages and, and, and stuff like that, which obviously started in 2008 and the steel industry um, got eradicated because of that. But now the question is, how did we get there? Or doing a recap of that show in the next five minutes or so is how did we get from ESCOM being this first class uh, what's this electricity company which it still is but being uh, run properly to where we are now with the low shedding I think Black Knight should answer this one how we got got here (laughs) I wasn't ready for that I'm so used to Pastor Gavin answering first it's obviously that whole thing, we, I think we spoke about it in the show. We covered the whole thing with ex-president Tapombeki. And also... Wait, now, wait, just w- to mention what Black Knight's saying there. Um, 1998, Eskom produced a white paper saying this is what we need to do to ensure power generation into the future. Mm-hmm. And Tapombeki refused. Yeah. And apparently he's apologizing. Yeah, he did. Was it 2008? No, before no, no. 2008. He didn't apologize then. 
Well, when did he apologize? I don't know when he apologized, but I knew it was in 2008. Okay. And that's that at first. Obviously, this whole thing with the whole thing where they, they, they even now, I think the whole, not the whole, but most of maybe 60 or 70% of ESCOM is changed stuff, is new people. Um, I think that's also another problem. In fact, I remember I was listening to a interview or a podcast um, about this whole situation. And the problem remained was that you're bringing in new people that you need to train first. And on top of that, you're bringing them in in a um, catastrophe already. It's not like you bring them in a place where they're going to train and go into a system that is working properly and they get to apply their skills properly and learn problems and all of that. No, you can't bring in a new cop or whatever into a gunfight. People already, they don't even know how to handle the gun properly. Practice is not the same as the event itself or practice not the same as a a soccer game or, or any game itself the the the, the feelings and and the pressure they different um and 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 the reason why we're here is because of the of of what what, what our, our ex-president did the politics if i may say that was happening within escom and i think obviously it was just to run the whole thing down and because it doesn't make sense on what they did literally doesn't make sense something was running fine and then all of a sudden it doesn't but when you see so what, wait, what how you, they got there yeah what you're talking about is where they came in and they told the white guys yes, that are working there, we yes. don't want you here. And and they used and they used the whole BEE thing as as an excuse. But no, that was the BEE was a plan to bring down ESCOM like this. It has nothing to do with BEE. I can't I can't accept that the peop, people in government in those days were that naive as to think that this wasn't going to cause a catastrophe. They must have known. Mm. You, you, you can't just do that to an organization. And that's why I agree. I also think it's, it's sort of a bit premeditated, mm-hmm. done on purpose. If you want, you can go back to the show that we did record a few months ago where we spoke about in detail specifically how we got to where we are with the load shedding yeah. and, and stuff. Now, the next question is in this, uh, I'm just going to read an article from EWN that was released on the 12th of December. But the next question is, where are we going? Why are they doing what they're doing with ESCOM, with the power grid? Why is there no um, proper control over the whole situation? And one of the things is obviously wanting to go into sustainable development and sustainable energy and all of these things. And this article from the 12th of December is from EWN. President Sira Maposa has stressed that his new energy plan of maintaining and bringing on new power to South Africa's old struggling grid doesn't happen overnight. It's a process and I want South Africans to understand that we've got our hands on deck. Ramaphosa was speaking on the sidelines of an ANC event in Cape Town over the weekend, adding that those sabotaging ESCOM were landing in handcuffs for the first time and as ESCOM reverted back to stage five power cuts over the weekend, Ramaphosa told reporters that the energy crisis was keeping him awake most of the time too. He's lying. Mm. So um, yeah, can what I are just, your thoughts on that? No, no, um, can I comment on that? He's lying. And this is, this is my frustration. We, we have all the press and parliament talking about this pala pala farm piece of rubbish. And it's a nonsense story. And we've spoken about that. I mean, you will not find a crime there, I don't believe. Mm. 
Mm. I believe if he took a thing to court, you will fail. Yeah, that's true. So to throw these accusations at him, keep your mouth shut and just leave the thing. I, I don't see how this thing's in a sticking court, unless it's a, 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 a corrupt judge. Number one, when they come with solar and wind, one of the things that I've found out in the last two years is that these things provide intermittent power onto the grid. Mm. So when, they, when, they, when, they, when they're providing power, I don't know if you know what they have to do with the coal-fired power stations. They have to bring some of them down. Mm. And then when the wind stops blowing or the stone stops shining, then they've got to fire it back up. And if you look at the power stations, they weren't built to be brought down and brought up. Same as the substations. They weren't built to be brought down and, 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 and built up like that. Mm. So the whole thing with renewable, first of all, wind is a, a pollutant. The wind power is a, is a massive pollutant. First of all, in terms of how they make those, 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 those uh, propellers. Secondly, to what it does to the bird life in the area. Mm. And also, it uh, creates um, electric fields around the thing which disturb even the animals on the ground and, and all sorts of things like that the solar the same if they put a large solar farm one of the things i read about one of them is that birds fly over those solar farms and they die and then after a period of time the, the birds work this out so they stop flying over that area where that solar farm is and we've also spoken before about the problem in terms of disposing of these solar panels there is no waste management process mm. around the world for what you do with solar panels that are past the, the you know, and they're no longer usable. Mm. The first thing SAFE has to do, they could stabilize the grid right now. And that is they have to say, right, the best quality coal coming out of SAFE's coal mines needs to go to the, the SAFE power stations. Mm. Um, if that happens, the efficiency in terms of how the power stations is going to uh, um, increase. And I think the podcast that Black Knight was listening to, the guy was talking about this. When you increase the efficiency because you've got better coal, you get less breakdowns. Mm. And part of the reason why the breakdowns are happening is because you've got low-quality coal. You get sometimes guys are sending rocks into, the, the, you know, in, into those units and, and, and things like that. And, and so at the end of the day, um, that's just exacerbating the whole problem because now the, 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 with, with uh, with the worst quality coal, the power station's operating under duress, and it's like a car engine. If that thing's operating under duress, it's going to break quicker, mm. you know, that if, than if things are going well. So um, the first thing is to supply the power stations with proper coal and have a proper maintenance plan. And um, there's a number of people that are in the know that reckon they'd be able to fix the loading in about six months. And, 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 and by, by, by fixing it, I mean they'd be able to stabilize the grid and then we'd be able to move forward into the future and build maybe two more nuclear power stations. And also we've, we've got these used gas reserves that have been discovered around the coast of South Africa, but use our gas to power our power stations so that the guys don't have to buy diesel at a fraction of the cost. Mm. And... Um, you know, you'd be able to put solutions going well into the future. The, the last thing I want to say, when they talk about green energy, the cleanest energy by far is nuclear. And with the techniques that they've got today, if they build a coal-fired power station properly, with the proper equipment in the chimneys and all of that kind of stuff, the, 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 a, proper, a properly outfitted coal-fired power station, 
is going to be far cleaner than either solar or, or wind. Because mm. both of them also, there's no such thing as green energy. Yeah. There's no such thing as clean energy. Yeah. All energy is dirty. Mm. Now, why is it not happening? Because the government is refusing to do what's needed. In, and, and the government sees money in doing all the solar stuff. Mm. So Black Knight spoke about um, people haven't done anything. People need to put massive pressure on their elected representatives to start doing something to allow the Eskom technical staff to do their job. They're incredibly good at it. They're getting a bad name because of terrible politics. Mm. And so the people need to pressure the politicians to force them to do what they're supposed to do. Yeah. In Revelations 5, verse 3 to 5, it says, But no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll um, and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. The problem always goes back to people are corrupt. They're corrupt from sin, from the Garden of Eden. And um, that's why no one was worthy to open the scroll. But Jesus is worthy. Mm. And so when we look at all of this um, tremendously distressing things that are going on in the world today, we've got to look at the perfect Savior who died, shed his blood for us, and he's going to give us eternal life. The life on this earth is never going to be perfect. You've got death. Even if you have the perfect country, you've still got death. Yeah. But um, Jesus is coming back for his church. And he's worthy. The sacrifice he made was a worthy one. And so I want to encourage you, you know, when you look at all of these things that are going on, don't get depressed. Get on fire for Jesus. First of all, you'll be able to make a significant positive impact in the world today. And secondly, you have the hope of heaven to look forward to. Yeah. And you too will discover those words of the Apostle Paul, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Yeah, man. This has been an interesting show. Let us know your thoughts on our social media platforms. I'm your girl, Cynthia, but you know you can call me Gix. And with me in studio, we've had... Gavin Insulin. Pastor Gavin Insulin and... The Black Knight. The Black Knight, right here on The Political Show, where Christ politics is... Hot politics. Hot politics. Active FM Radio has never been better.